Hello, and welcome to the Teacher's Tribe podcast. I'm your host, Maxine McFarlane, a Jamaican educator living in the United States of America, and I'm a nurturer of minds and hearts. Throughout this second season, I will be sharing space with inspiring educators from around the world and providing a place for them to share their stories. Remember that there are links to other episodes at theteacherstribe.com. Share them with others, subscribe, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. About a decade ago, I met an incredible colleague with whom I almost immediately connected as we worked together on the same grade level. I'm thrilled to have my former co-worker, fellow Nurtured Hearts Approach Advanced Trainer, and now a dear sister friend, Yolanda Thorne, on the podcast today. She is a North Carolina native and an inspiring educator who generously shares her story of resilience in this first of a two-part episode. Yolanda Thorne is a former North Carolina public school teacher of 13 years. Most recently, she received her Master of Science degree from East Carolina University in counselor education. She is a certified advanced Nurtured Heart Approach trainer and a Reconnect for Resilience trainer. As a Nurtured Heart trainer, she has been a guest speaker for the annual Nurtured Heart Global Summit in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Additionally, her work with the Nurtured Heart Approach has been recognized by the founder, Howard Glasser, and featured during several trainings and presentations nationally. As a Reconnect trainer, she has offered trauma-informed professional development to several schools within the district and surrounding areas. She serves as a board member of Rural Opportunity Institute, whose focus is on building a trauma-informed, resiliency-focused community in eastern North Carolina. Currently, she's a school counselor serving Edgecombe County Schools as the sole counselor at Martin Millennium Academy, where she passionately supports over 640 students in grades K through 8. Her role includes teaching daily leadership and character classes, facilitating student groups addressing common school concerns ranging from conflict resolution, friendship, grief, and bullying. Yolanda is a unique individual who lives her life daily to make a positive impact in the lives of others. Her motto in life is a quote from Maya Angelou, which says, I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. For this reason, she lives her life serving others with seeds of love. Yolanda lives in Wilson, North Carolina, where she is a devoted single mother of four beautiful children. Talking with Yolanda was easy and felt like pre-pandemic times when we would meet at a restaurant to catch up. Time elapsed quickly, although it didn't feel that way. Hence, it will be shared in two parts. We really talked for a long time, just like old friends, which we are. You'll be easily inspired by her journey, and all I ask is that you share it with others so they can be inspired too. Listen to our conversation on the other side of this. Passionate teaching is what we do. The joy of learning brings the light to for parents.
students and teachers everywhere. Let your children know how much we care. Rich experience I bring to you. Have you joined to share your passion too? Oh, it's the joy. So Yolanda, this has been a long time coming. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm so happy that we finally made it happen. I was just thinking about the the summer or I guess it kind of became a summer tradition for us to get together and eat somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely. And then COVID came. <laughs> That's right. I think last time it was maybe two years ago or three three years ago when we when we got together at McLean's for some good um country style eating some, some good country style eating and some country style connecting and chatting and enjoying each other it was beautiful it was it was it was it's amazing how we can go months at a time and not see each other but we still feel connected as if we're still together working Absolutely. together as we did many years ago yes so i was um i was being a a, a social media troll, Yolanda. Not really a troll because your your things pop up on my timeline all the time. And I found this thing that I thought was just so beautiful to start with. It's a post you did a day ago and it said, Yolanda came into the into the world to be dot 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 a great friend. Always patient, sincere, and understanding with yours. Your sensitivity to others makes you a person worth keeping at your side. And I said, what better way to describe my friend Yolanda? This, I don't know if it was one of those, oh yeah, one of those social media things that you fill in <laughs> and it gives you a report back. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> it was, and I can't believe that. I mean, I obviously had no idea you were going to share that. I didn't even know you saw it. Um, I haven't been on Facebook this morning yeah, so it is. it was actually one of those, I guess it's categorized as a Facebook game or something. You click on it and then it asks you, are you male or female? And it generates whatever it, that question is that you're playing. And I was shocked. And, and let me just say this. Ironically, the majority of the time that I choose to play one of those little Facebook games, it comes out accurate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're human and sometimes we're looking for an affirmation or a confirmation that that just speaks to our heart about ourselves. And I clicked on it and I read it and I was like, whoa, that is that is really me. I received that. I am a genuine friend. I am all these things. I didn't know you saw it, <laughs> but I did go back a few days ago and I saw that um, several people was like, amen, you know, that's you, Yolanda, that's you indeed. So yeah, that when I, I saw it on someone else's Facebook page and I was curious to know what it would say about me. Cause in my mind, I was like, God, why was I sent to this world? Right? <laughs> we know why, but you thought, let me just see what <laughs> Facebook is going to say. And, um, I couldn't agree more. It generated something that I agree with about myself, that I'm a good friend. I'm sincere. And in that moment, I think I just needed to hear it because we're human and we forget the gift that we are, that who we are in Christ or just in general. And I needed a pick me up. And so, yeah, that's how that happened. Facebook was right again. <laughs> <laughs> and it's perfect too, because as I was contemplating this episode that we've been meaning to record forever, 
I, um, in my brainstorming, I had this um, little tagline saying, a gift to the world. I mean, Yolanda, simply Yolanda, a gift to the world. And then when I saw this and it says, Yolanda came into the world to be, I'm like, how perfect would that be? And it was just a day ago that this came up. So I thought mm-hmm. that would be a good place to start with our conversation. Wow. I know I shared your bio at the beginning of this episode, but I want you to tell me more about who is Yolanda Thorne. And I want you to start with your name, because when I first met you and heard the name Yolanda, in my mind, I was thinking, why? Oh, Yolanda. But then when I <laughs> when I saw it in print, I said, OK, she is not Yolanda. She's not the common, typical Yolanda, because I've never met anybody with that name. So tell us some more about that. Wow. Okay, Maxine, my friend. (laughs) Yolanda Thorne is a beautiful soul. Okay. Amen to that one. (laughs) (laughs) If if people who are listening to this knew how long it took me to be able to say that about myself, I know you know. Mm -hmm. And so I was, yeah, I'll just start with Yolanda Thorne is a beautiful soul. Um, The name specifically, since you mentioned that, I've actually asked my mom, you know, how did you come about to name me Yolanda, E-U-L-A-N-D-A, and not Y-O-L-A-N-D-A. My mom and I always joke, because you know how you can tell a story, and then your mom or the other person is right there, and they're like, that's not how it was. I I meant to ask you, too, when I first (laughs) met you, I said, okay, the reason her name, it must be, her dad's name must be Eugene or, <laughs> or something like that. So they decided to give you that EU. <laughs> it is actually not. And my mom has told me, my dad's name is not Eugene. Um, his name is Bonnie. <laughs> um, but my mom has told me this story several times and I think I, I continue to mess it up. But I know the gist is my mom grew up in Baltimore, Maryland. She lives here now in North Carolina, but she knew someone that was a typical Yolanda and I think she met someone growing up who was Yolanda, and she liked both both of the names. But just like we said, she wanted it to be different. She didn't want it to be the, the typical. And so she chose to spell it differently because she didn't want Yolanda. And I find it interesting, like you just said, it just adds to me embracing it's not the typical, yes, I'm Yolanda, but it's spelled differently. You know, it's unique, it's different. And so I can grab to that, that even the spelling of my name is different. Um, but who is Yolanda Thorne? I am someone who <laughs> is just simply Yolanda Thorne, um, who you see right now, a mom, a friend, a daughter, who loves life, who loves love. I'm a single mom now at this phase of my life or four amazing kids. I am an educator. I am a trauma and resiliency educator. I'm a nurtured heart trainer. Those are kind of like titles. Mm-hmm. Who am I? I'm just a, a daughter of God who wants to be the change that I want to see in the world. Um, I'm someone who just, I don't know. I I know you've seen that little hashtag that I do simply Yolanda and I've been grabbing on that a lot because I'm realizing in this moment, I kind of struggle to tell who I am other than a human being. You know, I don't want to get caught up in titles or all this deep stuff. I'm just a woman who loves life loves love, and really wants to be the change that I wish to see in this world. I'm full of imperfections, but I strive every day 
to live my life to the fullest, to learn from my experiences. I've been through a lot, a lot of pain, a lot of trauma. And I, I guess I would just say, I'm a person trying to be the change I wish to see in this world. And I don't think you were looking for a particular answer, you mm-hmm. know? And that that's just who I am. You know, of course I can tell all these titles and what I've done, but no, I'm I'm just Yolanda, a person who loves life, loves love, and wants to make a difference in the world, truly. And the, and I can say amen to that one. Um, I maybe need to give a little backstory that Yolanda and I worked together for several years. We started off teaching third grade that first year, and then we were both transferred to first grade and we worked mm-hmm. together again for a few more years there. And our children were younger at the mm-hmm. time. And I think that's kind of what connected us. We had children around the same age and I had just moved to a part of the, the state that I'd never been before. Mm-hmm. And you always refer to yourself as a country girl. So it was nice to <laughs> Yes. It was nice to connect with a country girl. I remember um us going through like a food serving line when they had something at school. Uh-huh. And I made sure that I was always close to somebody who was from the South, somebody who uh-huh. knew what that was. Um, you know, like whatever they're serving and it might be a kind of Southern soul food that I'm not <laughs> used to eating, but it was yeah. always nice to have somebody like you to tell me, okay, this is what is in that. And, you know, this is how it's made, you know, that, and you're a foodie. So it was always nice to have, <laughs> yes. <laughs> to have somebody like you right there. Yeah. I want to add this, Maxine, because you are amazing at remembering fond memories and it yes. always triggers something in me. And when you it's said- It's funny you said that because I have a notebook from way back before I was even married and I titled it A Collector of Good Memories. It's funny wow. you said that. <laughs> I, love, I love that about you. Um, and you just said when you when we met, I often mentioned I'm a country girl, you know, and I was just thinking about when I was explaining myself, I never have these big, I am just a country girl girl. And when I say just, that's not to minimize who I am, but it's just like, you know, who are we to say all these great things that we are? Be whatever it is. So you don't have to always name it or say it, if that makes sense. And I was thinking about the Michael Jackson song, I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways like that. You know, no message can be any clear. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look look at yourself and make that change. And so, yeah, I'm always just really wanting my life to make a difference. You know, I'm a person who I, I, I want to make a difference when it's all said and done. When we're no longer here, what did your life say about you? We hear that, you know, but it's true. And I want my life to make a difference. Other than that, why am I here? So, yeah. Right. And I think back, even having this conversation now, how our paths connected. And I met several people during those years when we were together, but why did this connection last? Because you made a difference. Mm. It it may have been something you said. It may have been just how you lived. And Mm. um, as you talk about love, my title for you, though, even though you're putting titles aside, Yolanda, is Ambassador of Love. (laughs) Because that's all I saw in in your relationships with your children. Um, You had your children in the same school where we worked Mm -hmm. and just seeing you interacting with them, how you poured into the students. I still Mm -hmm. go back and watch videos of you in the classroom Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, through our nurtured heart training and all of that. So when I when I was first introduced, I know we're not really discussing nurtured heart today, but when I was first introduced to that, I saw you as the ambassador for that because Mm -hmm. you lived in love and Mm -hmm. nurtured heart to me was also a gift of love. Mm -hmm. So 
that's where I want us to go now, Yolanda. How did that love story begin? I remember, oh, you're right. I'm a treasure of memories. <laughs> Here comes another, Here comes another one. <laughs> yes. So I remember first grade when your mom came in school <laughs> yes. and she brought her, what was it? A guinea pig or a ferret uh-huh. or something. I think it was a ferret. Right. And uh-huh. I, I just remember your parents coming to events, showing up for you and for the grandchildren and just all that loving atmosphere. So when I see you as an ambassador of love, I just assume that that love came out of that loving relationship for your from your parents. But it might be different. And maybe you, it was just something innate. Tell us more about that. How did that love story begin? Wow, Maxine, you are literally opening up my heart heart right now. I just, in a good way, I hope. <laughs> in, in a very good way. I'm sitting here taking notes of what we're discussing right now so that when this is over, I can go back and journal and it's just beautiful. So thank you for bringing up these memories. <laughs> you, you'll have the recording too, Yolanda. So you don't have to keep writing. Stay in the moment. <laughs> okay. So, oh, thank you. Um, okay. So yes, absolutely. I'm a firm believer that every person on the face of the earth is a product of their upbringing. Um, The things from the time we're born on, you know, they're always adding to who we are as a person. So definitely my mom and dad are the biggest contributors to that love that lives in me. I have found, I can't even really say when. Yes, I can. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) In 2010, um, and actually that's the year that we met, Mm -hmm. I, I was in a really tough period of my life. And I remember talking to God intensively about it, Um, confused, hurt, broken, a lot of things and a lot of why God show me, explain. And he clearly and when I say this, you're going to remember because I've shared this with you before. God reminded me that as a child, I used to pray, God, make me an instrument of your love. Hmm. So I grew up in the church and got saved at a very young age. And I've heard T.D. Jakes and other ministers um, on platforms say, God will remind you what you prayed for. Years ago, you may have forgotten, or someone may have spoken into your life and you forgot about it. And so I have forgotten that in third grade, I started praying, God, make me an instrument of your love. I have have two brothers um, and my younger brother, he and I were having a conversation. My brother's name is Bobby. He's amazing. My oldest brother is Keith. My younger brother is Bobby. Keith and Bobby are both amazing. (laughs) I have two brothers. And my brother Bobby was saying to me that he had a prayer that he used to pray to God that he had forgotten about. And my prayer, and I don't even know, like that's a huge prayer for a third grader. But um, my both of my grandparents are ministers. My grandfather's passed away. My grandmother's still living. So, you know, they taught us a lot. But the short version is, I would say, God, make me an instrument of your love. And I pray that a lot often known as a child. And so fast forward to 2010, when I said I was going through a rough period and God was like, Yolanda, don't you remember you asked me to make you an instrument of your love? And if we think about an instrument, think about whether it's a flute, a trombone, a trumpet, whatever, the drums, someone has to play that instrument. If it's the flute, you blow into it and the sound comes out. So basically I didn't realize the full extent as a third grader, what's that around 10 years old, what you're asking God to do, but he heard the prayer. And so I was asking him to allow me to be the vessel that he used to blow into or to do, to fidget with, to do whatever it took, because I was the instrument and what he had to pour into me and 
you know, manipulating me, whatever touch and form was love. And so he did that. And so I don't know what else to say when people ask me when I get compliments or encouraging words about Yolanda, you're forgiving, you're passionate, you're a great friend, you're understanding all these beautiful words that people say to me. And I have to humbly receive it, but say, you know what? It's just a God thing. God did that in me. He birthed that in me. So yeah, that's where that whole ambassador of love came from. I claimed that name a few years ago when I healed from the things that I said I've been through. And I started saying, hey, I'm an ambassador of love. What is an ambassador? We know what an ambassador is, right? Who gives and pours and advocates for a certain thing. Well, that's what I am. And it's okay for me to claim that. So I don't know if that answers your question or where it stemmed from. God showed me, you asked for this, so receive it. It's it's just amazing because I know more of your story, Yolanda, that somebody like you would be chosen to be an ambassador of love. It's almost mm-hmm. like a paradox in, in, in the way I'm looking at it, because how could someone who's been through trauma, even though you were birthed in, an, in, in a loving environment with your parents and you've been given this gift of love, how could someone like you bring that gift to the world? Mm-hmm. Can I speak to that? Yes, you can. I, I'm yeah. thinking out loud, but I wouldn't mind if, if you're comfortable with sharing to go right ahead and, and do that. Yeah. And so what I love about you, Maxine, I just have to say this, you know, because we're being authentic and real in this moment. It's like everything that's coming out of your mouth is so God ordained, so full of wisdom, so full of continuing to bring about growth in me. And I'm so grateful for that in you. So when you say someone like me who has, you know, been through trauma, it's hard for me to not share without speaking on that. But I'm careful with each response when you ask me because I don't want to go too left or go too deep. But I couldn't agree with you more. That's why when I said I was going through something in 2010, it was something very traumatic that had been going on for a few years. I didn't recognize it as trauma um, because again, God was already birthing something in me that I didn't know. And so I was going through something very traumatic that I thought was just, just deal with it, you know, just deal with it. This is life, deal with it. And it was breaking me. It was hurting me. It was, I was about to die. I was about to lose it, literally. And so... God started reminding me, you are going through this for a reason. I didn't find it out later, you know, because you are equipped with love. Um, You are going through this and I've got you. But like Maxine just said, how could someone who's been through all of this stuff, this trauma, this pain, be used for love? Like she's broken. She's a mess. Do you know what you've been through? Well, that speaks to this couldn't have been my own doing, right? Exactly. And so that's when God showed me it was because you allowed your source to be love to get through that and you didn't even know it. Mm. So it speaks to the power of love. And what's tied in with love is forgiveness, is peace, is truth. It's so much underneath that word love. And all of those things, if we live our life with forgiveness, with peace, with honesty, with integrity, all of those things, you can make it through 
almost anything. And the foundation of all of that to me is God, right? He is love. And so, yeah, I agree that how could someone like me, you know, be an ambassador of love only through giving love and holding on to love and trusting God. So I don't even know if that makes sense. I couldn't even repeat what I just said <laughs> if I wanted to, but yeah, um, I say that all the time, but it's, it's God and it's his gift of love in me because of the things I've been through. It's remarkable too, Yolanda, if you think about it, even though I asked that question before, like, how could you, but also now that I'm thinking about it further, you are the best ambassador for that. Mm. Um, because I think somebody who has walked through trauma mm -hmm. and utilized love in such a powerful way mm. is such a, is such a strong example of what can be done because mm -hmm. to me, like the odds were against you mm -hmm. to be that ambassador and yet you show up in, in that way. Mm -hmm. and, and that leads me to, um, to the work that you now do mm -hmm. in trauma. How does your life experience play into that? Wow. I love your choice of words. Um, let's see, what was it you just said? Basically, I chose love. Mm -hmm. Like when we go through trauma and, and this is not to minimize anybody's trauma because what I've learned about trauma, trauma is, is trauma. There's no levels of it. And, and people so, experience and respond to trauma differently. Absolutely. Absolutely. And trauma can stir up um, hate. It can stir up anger. And trust me, I've experienced, I can't say I've experienced hate, but the anger was there, you know. And so for me personally, this is my journey. I chose love because I knew that how I responded to what I had been through would determine the trajectory of my life and my children. Mm -hmm. And so I had to choose something that would help us get through this. And um, it couldn't be hate or unforgiveness because we would have just been stuck. So I chose love. But you choosing love was not just a gift to yourself, but a gift to your children. Uh -huh. So mm -hmm. sometimes when you have that vision, that long-term vision, and not just thinking, okay, this is what I'm dealing with now and I'm so overwhelmed, then you're still able to serve so you, right. cho you choosing, by choosing love, you served your immediate family while yeah. you were going through it. And that mm -hmm. takes me back to the question now of how did that play into the work that you now do in your work with yes. trauma for other people, with your students or families or whoever you serve in that way? Absolutely. So how that played, I'm, I'm real big on quotes. Maxine, you know this about me. So... Basically, I heard this quote that says, who better to help others heal from trauma than someone who has been through it and overcome? Mm -hmm. And so how that led me to the work. So Maxine and I, we met as classroom teachers and hopefully we'll get to a little bit more with the nurtured heart and all of that at some other point. But I started to realize there was more in me than just being a classroom teacher. Like I felt being a classroom teacher confined me to those four walls each day. And we know in the public school system, there's certain things you can and cannot talk about. And so much started to unfold and brew and stir in me when I was teaching children every day who I could see had been through trauma and pain. And so Nurtured Heart came out of that. And then years later, I end up going back to graduate school to get a degree in school counseling, a master's degree. So now I'm a school counselor, but I still say that I'm an educator at heart. 
And through counseling, I ended up going through lots of trainings and workshops and seeing students in my office, obviously as a school counselor who were dealing with pain. And so I ended up being a trauma and resiliency educator. So how that all unfolded to where I am now, hello, God says, remember in 2010 when you were questioning me about where you were in your life, Yolanda, you were going through a lot of trauma. And I've healed you from that through you allowing love to be what you poured out in the midst of that trauma and using my love. And so now here I am, still an educator, still a school counselor, but also a trauma and resiliency educator and learning that through my trauma and healing from it, I can help and support others heal through their trauma. And I yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah. I think um, because you have intimate knowledge of it, you it makes you more authentic. And maybe what I would say to somebody, because I have not experienced the same kind of trauma, would, not, would just like be water on a duck's back. But mm-hmm. for somebody who's walked through, walked in those shoes, you can mm-hmm. relate. And I think you're a much more powerful person to reach mm-hmm. the hearts of those people who are going through it. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing how your life experiences. I always say life experiences are never wasted. It yeah. may seem that way. I have that battle with my children sometimes when they're thinking, "How am I going to use this in life?" You know, when they're studying something. But yeah. I found that it it comes full circle. I remember taking typing as a subject in high school. Uh huh. And I remember it was a public holiday when we had when we had the national exams to go do the 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 test for typing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. because and we we wear uniforms, so I was walking through downtown Montego Bay in my uniform on a public holiday, and I know I was getting stares because everybody knows <laughs> <laughs> that schools are closed. But I had to walk through town to go take that typing exam. But now, how many years later, I'm happy that I had typing because as a teacher, yes. it's a skill that has coming so handy to yes. many, many years later. So even even a negative experience can be used for good later down in line, de- depending on what you choose. Because you chose love and that trauma in the in the mix of choosing love has a totally different feeling than maybe somebody who chose hate coming yes. out of that trauma. Absolutely. And Maxine, as you're talking, another quote came to me. I often would have these little phrases that I prayed to God, you know, kind of similar to what I prayed in third grade and didn't think about the impact of it. I also started praying after 2010 when I was still dealing with the pain. God turned my pain into purpose. And so Mm. that kind of talks about what you said, things coming around full circle, you know, like anything we go through, good or bad, but particularly focusing on the tough things, we we still like, what the heck was that? So you want it, you want, I'm the type of person, I want something to have meaning. I'm always like, why? Give me clarity, God. I always have all these questions. And so I was so stuck with the pain and I was like, God, what am I supposed to do with this? If I hold on to it, it's going to be pain forever, you know? And the more I focus on the pain, more pain is going to manifest. But if I focus on the lesson, And there may not always be a lesson, but if I focus on getting some understanding, then growth will come instead of being stuck in the pain. And so I can say also he turned the pain that I went through to purpose. You know, there was a purpose for that pain. And a bulk of it is to help other people heal, to show them that you can do it, you know, and I can support you and you're not alone. Don't think you're um, some strange, crazy person because you went through this. 
look at me. I went through something horrible too. Um, we don't have to judge people. You know, it's so much wrapped around that, that you're not alone. Everybody's been through something. Everybody has skeletons in their closet and you've got some support and you can get through this and I can help you and hold your hand and share my story. And your pain can be meaningful and purposeful. Yeah, I remember you, Miss Quote. Um, I love quotes too, but I remember you sharing this quote as you just said that about sharing your story. That there is no greater agony than bearing mm-hmm. an untold story. That's absolutely. a quote from Maya Angelou. Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah. And so, and I've heard different people say we're sometimes ashamed to tell our story. But when we tell our story, you know, when the time is right and with the right audience and with wisdom, it is amazing how our stories bring about healing or bring about revelation or bring about support. Like everybody has their own story to tell and we shouldn't hold on to those stories. You know, it's almost like a book. If a book sits on a shelf and is never read, we don't know what can unfold from that book. So we're we're walking around with our own books, you know, chapters and chapters. We are walking books. And when we open up and let somebody read what's inside, they get ideas, they get wisdom, they get deliverance, they get all of these great things. They get insight for their own lives. So yeah, Maya Angelou's quote is powerful. And so I'm trying in bits and pieces, even now, to share my story. You know, this isn't something we talked about before, but as you were on this conversation of trauma before we move away, move on to something else, I was just thinking that in my lifetime, this is the first time I've ever seen a global traumatic experience Mm. um, coming out of COVID-19. And as a parent and as an educator, as we as we're talking now, maybe as a as a school counselor, what could you share with all of us who are going through this shared experience? What would you say to teachers? Because we ourselves have our own trauma. It may not be a, a grand scale trauma like you've been describing before, but I think of last year, this time, today's March what, 13 that we're yeah. recording. And this was the last day I had face-to-face contact with my entire class to say goodbye, have a good weekend, but it never turned out to be just a weekend. That was it. Some of these students I still have not seen a year ago today. So I'm, I'm thinking about the traumatic experiences that we've gone through as teachers and those poor students who went home and may have been at home in traumatic experiences. School was their safe space and Mm -hmm. they lost that. And -hmm. some of them have not returned to school since then. Um, So I know I'm asking you a very layered question, but Mm -hmm. speaking to parents, to teachers, to other caregivers um, going through this trauma ourselves and how can we use that Mm -hmm. to to be a gift as Mm -hmm. you have in your own experience? I think it's so important. You kind of answered it in your talking and I kind of answered it before, you know, in what I just said. I think it's so important, one, to always be real and to teachers, you know, counselors, educators, like you said, how we can help our students or parents, how we can help our children. I think it's just what we just said to always tell your story. For example, my oldest daughter is 17 and we went through a tough period a few months back dealing with what you just said, dealing with COVID and the quarantine and everything. So I have some health challenges. And so I was truly quarantining um, even after some of the different levels were lifted. And so my children had to quarantine with me. And one 
one day ongoing stress of all the kids being confined kind of blew up and my oldest daughter who Maxine knows is very <laughs> vocal she's amazing in her own right yes and she is <laughs> you know how kids are you know she's a teenager and she was like well mommy you just don't understand you're 48 and I'm only 17 and you know you always say you know but you don't know you know you don't know what I'm going through and she was yelling and for a moment the mom and me was like hold up but you know, the the counselor in me, the teacher in me, and the God in me was like, pause, listen to her. She She's allowed to be upset and hurt right now in this moment. And what she was saying was, mommy, I don't think you understand. And I may not understand on her level, but I had to dismiss that she was yelling and, you know, having her moment and say, she needs to know that you understand, Yolanda. As, as mommy, she needs to know that even though you're 48, you understand. And I was like, how can I help her understand? And so in that moment, I shared a story with her. And so to answer your question, how can we as educators or parents, and going back to that quote, there's no greater agony of sharing an untold story. Sometimes people need to hear, you know what, I may not be going through what you are right now in your brain as an 18 year old, but can mommy tell you for a moment how I can relate, at least relate, because I have friends too, even though mommy's 48, I have friends that I haven't seen. And I miss them. You know, you want to go out with your friends to the mall or to whatever. Guess what? Mommy likes to go out to eat with her friends, you know. And so sometimes as educators, just pause in the moment on your virtual lesson with your students and let them know you can relate. Let them know you have a story. We're we're afraid to share our stories. We're afraid to be human sometimes as teachers. But our kids like to hear, our students like to hear that we're human. Like sometimes students and children forget that adults were kids one time too and that we did fun stuff, you know, and so just being real, sharing our story, just being real, being vulnerable, being transparent, sharing a little bit of our trauma, a little bit of our pain. We don't have to tell it all, but it's so important to let people know that we are human. We're human and we can relate. So that's the advice I would give, you know, during this tough time, let people know it's been tough for me too. Let people know, you know, Maybe I lost my job. I couldn't pay my bill. I cried last night. Whatever that dark thing is that we may be ashamed to share, you don't have to tell it all. But to the educators, I would say, be real with your students and don't be afraid to share a piece of your story. To parents, I would say, be real with your children. Don't be afraid to share with them how COVID has impacted you, how any past pain has impacted you. So I, I hope that helps just being real and sharing your story and your truth instead of acting like we always have it all together. I agree. I remember you talking about your your own, as you mentioned earlier, about quarantining. I want us to talk a little bit about your autoimmune journey mm-hmm. and how that was another challenge in your life. And how does that idea of sharing your story Mm-hmm. help you in your own experience and gaining your own strength and 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 what you share with others. Tell us some more oh. about that. Oh wow, I love that question. I didn't expect that to come and it's good to reflect 
um, for me. So with my autoimmune journey, of course, I always have to make the long version short because any autoimmune journey, journey in itself is not something that's two days. It's a process. But I was diagnosed officially in 2000, let's see, 2009, I think somewhere between 2009 and 2014. Um, But how that has all progressed and unfolded. So we're on a podcast, so folks can't see me, but I've lost my hair. And that's the biggest- I'll I'll, I'll share your your headshots in our post. So let's (laughs) see your your beautiful bald head. (laughs) Okay. That's the biggest part of my autoimmune journey um, that shaped and molded me to where I am now and that adds to this this story right here. I went through a period when Maxine and I met, I had locks, I had yeah. natural hair. Um, I had my hair wasn't permed or anything. I had long locks all down my back. But what people did know, I wore them pinned up all the time because I was losing my hair underneath. And so when I wore it pinned up in this big, beautiful bun full of lots of hair. And then I wore lots of head wraps. People didn't know when I went home at night and let those locks down and took that head wrap off, there was so much baldness, not even thinning, but just baldness. And so at some point, 2014, when more of the healing manifests, um, God said to me, it's time. Literally two words. I was driving home from work and I heard him say, it's time. And I knew exactly what he meant because I had been playing around with just cutting my hair off, completely shaving it all because I knew in the ball spots it wouldn't grow back. So my uncle, who's a barber, I went to him because I didn't want to go to a hair salon where people would be like, oh my God, what happened to you? You know how we can be as women. And then everybody coming over to the salon chair and looking over my head. Oh my God, girl, what happened? You know, I was not in the mood for that. And all this time, all this time, Yolanda, and all this time when I was admiring your beautiful locks from third grade into first grade and those head wraps and, Uh you know, I wear my hair naturally too. And I've been tempted so many times to lock my hair Uh and then then watching your girls lock their hair. I'm sure that must have been an emotional journey for you. And I was on the sideline just admiring the beauty (laughs) of all of this. (laughs) It was a very emotional time. And it's interesting that you said that, Maxine, because that speaks to people look on the outside and don't Mm -hmm. really know what's going on. So people were admiring my head wraps and my locks and didn't know those head wraps were in somewhat a fashion statement because I like head wraps. But they were also to hide something. You know, people look on the outside and didn't know what was really going on. Can I I just pause you right there for a second? Because knowing the authentic person, before you tell the rest of the story, because I really want to hear it. Sure. um, Knowing the authentic person that you've always been, you know, living out loud and everything. How did you grapple with the head wrap? outside of the fashion statement? Because I know you were always very fashionable, but Uh um, how did you grapple with being authentically Yolanda Mm -hmm. while still wearing the disguise of the hair being up in those head wraps? Well, see, that's just it. It was... I don't want to say torment because that's too strong of a word. It It was bothering me. I felt like I was hiding something, and I was. I was hiding my baldness. And like you said, I'm grappling with... I'm not being authentic here. I mean, I guess there is some part of me that you know, the core of me is authenticity, but you're hiding, Yolanda, you know, and, and that's what I couldn't deal with anymore. I wanted to be real. 
that's why I said when God spoke, it's time, he was like, it's time to stop hiding. I knew what he meant. It's time to let go. It's time to walk into full authenticity. Now, women, how much more authentic can we be than to stop hiding in that way? Our hair is our crown in glory. This is not knocking anybody who has weaves or wigs or any of that, because I went through a period as well that I wore wigs. But if you think about it, sometimes, this is not everybody, so I'm, this is not coming from a place of judgment, but sometimes the purpose of the weave or the purpose of the wigs is because we are hiding something. And for me, this is only my personal journey. Again, no judgment. I was grappling with that. I didn't like the fact that I was hiding something. So it's time for me meant it's time to stop hiding. It wasn't just about hiding behind the hair loss. There was more underneath that that me and God knew. But that's the step he he chose to use for me to later as at once I shaved my head, he started pulling back a whole lot of other stuff. Love is the theme of my conversation with Yolanda, and it will continue in next week's episode. Having dealt with trauma and health challenges in her life, she went from being a classroom teacher to now a school counselor who supports others who have experienced trauma. There's a lot more to her story, including the decision to and experience of shaving her head. My big takeaways from this first part of our talk are, one, a story shared relieves one's burden and can be a source of encouragement for others. Two, choosing love is a game changer. As Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, and I quote, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And my third big takeaway is, giving yourself and others the gift of love is a powerful way to make a difference in this world. Dr. King also said, I have decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. That's exactly what Yolanda chose to do too. Until next time, walk good and one love. For the joy of learning, subscribe to the teacher's strike.